Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Get it delivered to your door via Deliveroo or Uber Eats. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily Premier League preview show. Premier League football is back and so are we. Seven days of podcasts, anything you could need regarding Premier League football. We are back in action every single day of the week. If you're listening to the podcast today, don't forget to hit subscribe and you'll get the next episode freshly prepared for you every single morning so you never miss a beat on what is going to be a marathon of Premier League football in the coming weeks. Now... If you've been living under a rock for the last few days, you'll have missed the latest Premier League action. So we're just going to quickly run through that before we kick off the show today. Sheffield United scored a goal that everybody in the world saw, except the referee. So they drew 0-0 against Aston Villa. Manchester City returned back to action with a 3-0 win against Arsenal. And Arsenal fans will be pleased to know that David Luiz is up to his old tricks again. And then last night, Southampton 3-0 away at Norwich. And Tottenham won, Manchester United won. We're going to be looking back at those two games and previewing the four games from today. My name's Fergal Brennan and I'm joined on the show today by Pete Hall, freelance football journalist. Pete, how are we? Good stuff. And the Athletics Manchester City correspondent, Sam Lee. Sam, how are we? Hello, yeah, very well, thank you. Good stuff. And the Athletics Manchester City correspondent, Sam Lee. Sam, how are we? Hello, yeah, very good, thanks. Good to be back. Great stuff, great stuff. Uh, quick fitness check. Obviously, we've seen a few uh, stretches, strains and pulls in the first few days of the Premier League. Any any injuries for you guys on the return to action? <laughs> well, that's good, that's good. I, I like, like, like to make sure you, you, you're keeping in check. Oh, I've been working no, I've been keeping up with my home gym. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, that's good. I, I like to make sure you, you, you're keeping in check. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Manchester United, that's where we're going to start off. And Pete, I'm going to go to you on this. One all uh, at Tottenham last night. Jose Mourinho wasn't happy, but, you know, that's that's also nice that some things never change. A very, very bizarre game. Uh, penalty controversy, errors and poor performances by key United players. Um, I'm going to put the focus on you, Pete, here. Now, Roy Keane's already given probably the best assessment of the game. 
I'm going to put you under pressure to see if you can match Keane. Obviously, there's a lot of negativity about United and their performance. Do you think that last 20 minutes where, obviously, Fernandez scored the penalty to, to get a point and the performance seemed to rise, does that give you optimism for the running? Oh, absolutely. I'm not uh, look, I'm not going to be anything like as negative, negative as Roy Keane. I don't think it's physically possible to be. Um <laughs> I, I certainly don't think David De Gea is the most overrated goalkeeper in the world, but that's that's another story. But um, I actually think uh, in the first half, I thought United were, were, United were very sluggish. But um, I think you're right. Those last 20 minutes certainly gives United hope. And as Solskjaer said it after the game, uh, last time um, United played Spurs away, and they got absolutely battered. David De Gea made 10, 11 fantastic saves, and they won one nil. Um, United should have won that game. They had the chances to win the game um, last night. Um, so you can take a great deal of positives from that. Pogba coming on, him and Fernandes together looking good. Um, Mason Greenwood coming on looked fantastic. There was there was sluggish performances. I thought Martial was quite sluggish. But there's plenty of positives. Uh, one more draw away against the Jose Mourinho Parks boss is 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 pretty good. Do you think that's the point? And obviously, yeah, we, we kind of laugh about Keane and his and his usual anger towards United when they, they don't reach his his lofty heights. But is this to be expected from a team that's, as you say, had two and a half months off? They're against a manager and, and a system that is very clearly set out to make sure they frustrate and try and get a positive result. What, what was your kind of final note on the game? Do you think the kind of doom and gloom surrounding those mistakes is the dominant theme? Or do you think, as you say, getting Pogba back on the pitch, finally paired up with Fernandez, Mason Greenwood, Rashford had a couple of chances and was probably unlucky not to score. Do you, do you think that, is this a glass half full or a glass half empty restart for United? I think very much a glass half full. Still unbeaten in 12 games in all competitions. Um, and a mistake's a mistake. David, David De Gea has made more mistakes this season. That is, that is common knowledge than he has in the past. But a goalkeeper mistake is a goalkeeper mistake. And you take away the positives, a, a draw away from home, a, a decent comeback performance, didn't let the heads drop. There was plenty of other chances. Hugo Lloris made some fantastic saves that on another day you might not have got to. So, yeah, I think there's t- plenty of positives to take for United going on to more winnable games. Winnable games. Uh, <laughs> Sam... Ah, <laughs> oh, well, well, no. In lockdown, there's there's no bells to be rang. I'm afraid. Um, Sam Pete's obviously looked at the United perspective and and the kind of positives of that 20 minutes and and what that means for them in terms of the running. There was a number of incidents which which dominated the games. Uh, Eric Dyer right at the middle of of both of them. Foul on Pogba for a penalty that was given, and then obviously a foul later on that wasn't given, overturned by uh, by John Moss. These are, these are things that are going to rear their head in the next few weeks. VAR is probably going to be under even more scrutiny than it was prior to, to the season being suspended. What did you make of the two decisions? Do you think, on the whole, Jonathan Moss got them right? Do you think that the balance of the game, he kind of judged it right? Or do you think, as, as Mourinho said at the end, that he basically made a big cock-up of it? He was getting a lot of stick from the players, wasn't he? Particularly the United players in the first half. And obviously the... The journalists in the stadium could hear exactly what was being said. They couldn't believe he wasn't booking Lamella in particular, but some of the other Spurs <coughs> players. Um, I mean, the, the penalty that did stand was a penalty. I saw, you know, I know a few Spurs fans, um, and a lot of them said it was soft, but I don't think it was soft. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a pen. And then obviously the second one wasn't a penalty, so John Moss didn't do well there because he gave it. But it did. To be fair to him, it did look it first off. 
like from the t- from the TV angle anyway. But then obviously a couple of replays, VAR obviously cleaned it up quite quickly, and that's what it's there for. Not the <coughs> not the long messing around with offsides and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. And the thing is with John Moss, everyone goes into it expecting him to yeah. need a breather and all this kind of stuff because of how he looks and how he <laughs> how he's previously ref games. Um, so that that kind of becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy to be honest uh he he could have he could have got a few more cards out to be honest but overall it wasn't like a disastrous performance um it would have been if the penalty yet if the penalty had stood but it didn't so that's what's var's there for um uh, Mourinho complaining about the penalty is i don't know just classic Mourinho in it and but if we're talking about that again then we're not talking about his side and his like his management of it like he made two subs you're allowed to make five now yeah. Kane was gassed yeah. from about I don't know like 20 minutes in uh, just like and you know God God knows how it would have gone if the season had played out how it was supposed to with all the injuries they had Mourinho would have just combust altogether I think like because he's actually got all those players back now obviously Deli Alley was banned um, but it's just it was just a weird weird management of, of the game and they actually looked relatively all right in the first half but didn't really have any answers at all when when united improved after the, after half time um so yeah i i think that's a classic Mourinho deflection tactic to be honest because it definitely was a penalty before spurs obviously we've mentioned about united and, and the race for top four tottenham now eight games to go 42 points i think we can probably say that their top four pursuit is, is probably ended but they're still in the running for europa league spot but Based on last night, when we think of the way that Wolves play, Sheffield United are able to play with a lot more kind of verve and, and intent to to get results against opponents. Do you think this negativity surrounding Mourinho and the fact that this is a fairly uninspiring start, do, do you see them even getting into the Europa League spots or do you think this is going to be a, a big issue for him? Uh it will be tricky. Obviously, if City get banned from the Champions League, then one extra spot becomes available. The Europa League is a bit more complicated than just an extra spot because it depends on cup winners and all that yeah. kind of thing. But um, yeah, because I, I mean, Sheffield United and Wolves, obviously they're contenders for fifth and they're very close to fifth. Um, it's a bit of a coin toss really because I don't really see them as consistent enough to go and do it. But to be fair, don't, you could probably say the same about United as well. Obviously, the 11 games before the lockdown, they're very good. United probably do have an edge. Um but yes, Spurs. It's the thing is, it will be interesting now because, as much as like Mourinho was dealt a terrible hand in terms of all the injuries before the lockdown, I always get the feeling that he just relishes having the excuse. But now he's got no excuses. He has got a full, really good Tottenham team at his disposal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, even before some of the injuries, they weren't looking particularly good under him. Um, so I've, I don't know. Um, a lot depends on you know like just the fact that they drew one all last night isn't a massive indicator of how they're going to play and they might be alright because the first game back for everyone's a bit of a free hit but they didn't look great beforehand didn't look especially great last night like I say the management of the game was odd um, but I think we'll know more by the end of the weekend you know, Wolves Wolves away at West Ham you, you want to kind of see how Wolves are looking we've seen how Sheffield United are looking you know, that <coughs> game the other night all right, United again. All right, probably glass half full, as Pete says. We've got to see Chelsea yet as well. We do need to see a lot of the other teams, but there wasn't a lot from 
Jose's Mourinho so far before or since lockdown to suggest that they've got the kind of consistency they need for Europa League but we don't know about the others to be fair uh, Very quickly before we move on to Norwich against Southampton I'm going to put you on the spot first game back for you both um, Roy Keane style scrutiny Pete based on Fernandez, Pogba back together lots of positives as we say at the end of the game do United overhaul Chelsea and get top four yes or no? That's a that was a cautious yes, but a yes nonetheless. Sam, would you would you follow that, or do you think you know spring hasn't quite sprung for United yet? Tricky, really tricky. Like I say, I would like to see how Chelsea look. Um, I think the break, if the break does as well for Chelsea as they did over the summer, and they start again and they play as well as they did at the start of the season, I think Chelsea have still just just about got the edge. Uh, I'm going to just about go for Chelsea but that's because I'm being put on the spot it's a toss of a coin <laughs> it really is a toss of a coin basically they're, they're both good teams capable of, of good things I don't. I really don't know I'm just about Chelsea I reckon but that does depend on them starting this this mini bit of the season as it did when they when they went off on that good start back in October time Fair enough, fair enough. So it's one nil last night, and it's one nil between you two. Uh, and I think it's safe to say, if if Pete is wrong, we'll be putting him in a taxi to the furthest reaches of the UK that he can as 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 punishment. Uh, Nor- Norwich against Southampton was the other game from last night. Um, we'd be a little bit forgiven for this getting lost in the noise. Uh, I think the, the probably the two big takeaways from it are Norwich are now likely dead and buried. Apologies to any Norwich fans that are listening. Uh, you know, we're just looking at the numbers here. Southampton look good. Uh, two goals inside six minutes after the start of the second half. Danny Ings back on the goal scoring trail. Stuart Armstrong, Nathan Redmond wrapping up three goals and three points for them. Uh, Pete, would you follow that? Just dead quickly. Do you think this is Norwich finished? Bottom of the table, nightmare return to action do you see any potential for for a recovery yeah um norwich norwich plan much further ahead than many clubs uh, they've got a very good system um very good setup there um and their the director of football said on many occasions that relegation isn't going to be the end of the world they will plan they will stick to their plan uh, i don't think there's going to be any re- chance of recovering this season but it will be the end of the world for them they'll be they'll start thinking about next season quite quickly. And Sam, for Southampton, obviously, there's always the potential if you're in the bottom half of the table that you're going to get moved into the relegation conversation. Do you think this moves them away from that definitively? They're up to 37 points. Technically, they'll probably need to hit that magic 40-point mark, but do you see them safe now? You'd, you'd probably say, given that, that gap between 14th and 15th of Newcastle and Brighton, which is six points, is, is probably enough to keep everyone north of that safe. Do, do you see... Southampton possibly getting sucked into it given the games they've got left? No, I mean, I'd, I'd put money at very low odds on Southampton staying up. I don't think it's definitive because, you know, Bournemouth might come back re-energised or whatever and make up those 10 points and something might go wrong at Southampton. But, I mean, I think uh, I think what I've seen so far is the teams with a really clear idea of how they want to play in terms of, you know, the, the detail that goes into their attacking moves, which I think was why Spurs might have problems because under Mourinho at Spurs so far under United it's just kind of been letting the attacking players get on with it but it's South, Southampton now under Hassan Hutton and obviously Hassan Hutton got that new contract a couple of weeks ago um, they, they they are kind of switched on I'm not saying they're a better team than Spurs but they've got kind of a, more of an idea of what they want to be doing going forwards so I think that's that's going to be important I think we saw that against 
Norwich last night. The, obviously, the first goal was a goal out of nothing, really. You couldn't say it was because of their pressing. I know Hassan Huttle said at half-time that they noticed at the break different ways that they could... Um, well, when they could press, but when they could get in behind. And obviously, the, the second and third goals were on transitions, really. They didn't... Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't like an, an example of winning the ball high up in the Norwich half. Norwich kind of gave it away halfway up into the, the Southampton half, and they just broke forward and, and gone on with it. And obviously, they they kind of set up well to do that. And the problem for Norwich is they, you know, they concede goals like that. I, I I do like Daniel Farker, and they've got a clear idea of what they're doing. And the fact that Tribal started in midfield and not Teti kind of suggests they wanted to to play through that Southampton press, but they just haven't got the quality really. When they beat Man City at the start of the season, they were fantastic with it. They really were. They looked like they knew exactly what they're doing, and they've kind of, you know you can see what they want to do. Krul comes out and he's playing like a the middle of three centre backs, but yeah. it's just the rest of it's not quite there. You know, Brendy is a really good player, but they can't really get him into the right positions. They've got some good players, and they've got they do kind of know what they want to do, but it's it's just not quite working. And you know, Southampton are an example of a team with better players better ideas and that was the difference last night and that's probably why Southampton are 10 points clear of the, the relegation zone and Norwich still got 6 points to make up Fair enough, fair enough uh, we're going to call it there for half time on the Football Social Daily Premier League preview show after the break we're going to be looking ahead to the 4 games today uh, getting the guys opinions on where they think they'll pan out so join us after the break we'll be back in a minute Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Get it delivered to your door via Deliveroo or Uber Eats. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Premier League preview show. Football is back and so are we. Seven days a week, we are here giving you all Premier League updates, news, transfer gossip, match previews, match reviews, the whole shebang. And you can also keep up to date with your latest news on your selected Premier League team. Just ask your Alexa or Google device to enable Sports Social, set it to your team and away you go. Now, before the break, we were chatting about the games last night, Southampton's win at Norwich and Tottenham drawing at home to Manchester United. We're now going to look to today's games, four Premier League games as part of this, what I'm calling a dispersed restart to the Premier League season. Uh, Pete Hall, we're going to go to you first on this one. Watford against Leicester. Watford right in the middle of a relegation battle. Leicester depending on you know which side of the coin you're looking, are safe for Champions League or not safe for Champions League. We're going to focus on Watford for this. You know, sometimes we don't we don't touch on the, the teams at the bottom of the table enough. So we're going to kind of do a bit of a deep dive on Troy Deeney and co here. The crux of this is, do Watford have enough to survive? Currently got 27 points, 17th place. They're right on the edge of the relegation zone. Based on the players they've got and experience they've got in these situations, how confident are you, Pete, of them getting out of this? Not very, but I think what it will come down to with Watford and what they've done all season is it will come down to their home form. And at home, since Nigel Pearson took charge, only Liverpool have took more points than Watford at home. Four wins out of six, and one of them was against Liverpool. So it depends on... They're not, it's not, I don't think it's going to be pretty, put it that way, but I think if, you, if they make sure that they get the points at home 
then they'll stay up. And they've got some really, really winnable home games. At Southampton at home, uh, we've got Le- this Leicester game's big. They've got Norwich at home, got Newcastle at home, all, uh, all before the end of the season. So if you, get, if you get three or four wins there, then that could make a huge difference to them. Um, the squad's thin. Injur- injuries, to, injuries to key players is, is going to be, you know, at this stage of the season when you, you need to, you, you know, with Delefeo out for the season, you, it's, when you've not got a big squad, you've not got many players that can really win games and, on, a, on a whim and, and take, take that one chance that could be the difference. That could, that could be massive. But you're looking, you're looking at Troy Deeney. He, he was in really good form before, uh, the, before coronavirus took hold. And it's, it all depends on him again, as, as, it, yeah. as it often does. And it'll, it will come down to him. But I think if they, if they scrape enough points at home, just, and just Nigel Pearson will, will, will set them up to, you know, uh, when I, I need that defunct cliche bell again. Set them up to first and foremost not to lose the game um, and then try and snatch it down the other end. And if, if, they, if they win those, those, those games at home against the Newcastles, it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's 1-0, then I think they just might do it. But I think it'll be a really touch and go. Given, obviously, the point situation that Pete's just laid out there, this is going to be absolutely wafer thin for, for Watford to stay up if they win those four home games that brings them up to, to 39 points Sam generally we kind of say 39-40 is, is the magic number is it too much to say obviously as, as Pete said home form is, is always important for any team battling against relegation but for Nigel Pearson to have to win four from four or four from five given the position they're in is that too much? Mm, it's a big ask Okay. Again, I know this sounds like a cop out, but it really isn't. We we don't know what Bournemouth are going to do. We don't know what West Ham are going to do. They they could quite feasibly come back and be terrible, but they could turn it completely around. And like what happened before the break, we still don't know how that's going to be relevant for certain teams. And to be fair, that Watford feel good effect. If you're looking at their last five games before the break, they've got only got one win and one draw out of those anyway. Um, but I've always been big on on Pearson and what he's doing at Watford. I remember doing the podcast in the in the old studio when life was normal, saying it'd, <laughs> it'd keep them up. And I think that was before they went to Liverpool. And they showed what they what they had there, even when they lost. Um, they've kind of got it together. They've got an idea of what they want to do, which which is important for Watford because beforehand it w- there wasn't really a clear idea. And I'm not saying they they've got the same start as Southampton, but what they want to do, they do it quite well. Um, no Delafeu though for a team like that you do need a bit of a spark um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they stayed up though I really wouldn't be surprised at all if they stayed up yeah those fixtures are okay um, but I don't know I, I, I don't know I can't, like I say without Delafeu you need a player like that because if you if a lot of these teams at home you know you're losing the home advantage now by the looks of the Bundesliga and by the looks of the results so far if you if you're relying <coughs> on the crowd to give you an extra 10%, you ain't going to have that. And if you're losing a creative player as well, like De La Faye, then you're, you're even worse off, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed up, but it's again, it's a toss of a coin because as much as they were looking better than Bournemouth and West Ham just about before the break, it's we don't, we don't know what the other teams are going to do. We don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I'd probably give them just about the nudge over the others. They probably still, <laughs> but they probably still got more. They probably still got more. The yeah. West Ham, are, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We could. Well, we'll talk about the others with their other fixtures. Uh, right. So quickly, 
predictions. There's there's a bit of needle between these two teams. Obviously, going back to the the 2013 Championship playoff final and that kind of Dini Aguero moment where where he scored in the last minute. Um, you you both kind of backed Watford to stay up, probably slash probably stay up. Do you think that starts today? Do you see them getting three points against Leicester, Pete? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Leicester fell away a bit, um, um, bef- you know, before coronavirus, and you have to add before coronavirus onto everything, don't you? And um, yeah, it, they, 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 it was a weird atmosphere, really. They didn't things 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 really not fell apart, but they just fell really flat quite quickly. Um, almost like they thought that, well the job's done we're, we're probably going to get the top four now we can start to take the foot off the gas a bit and, and also a Nigel Pearson derby this he'll be he'll be very um, he'll be very keen to get one on, on over on his old club and I I, th- I think I think uh, Watford will uh, will do the business yeah and and really I don't think it'll be pretty I think a one nil victory but I think they'll 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 really really uh, make sure that uh, they win this one Sam would you follow along from that. No, I think Leicester. I know, oh. I know, like what I've said about Watford, and but that's in comparison to like the other teams around them. Um, Leicester, they've got, they've got a better idea of what they want to do. They're more, much more detailed in how they play. They've got better players, obviously. Um, again, if the home advantage is lost, it's not necessarily going to go that way. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if yeah, if Leicester won it just on the strength of what Brendan Rodgers is telling them to do and the quality of the players to go and do it. I think that'll, I think that will have a big effect on the day. Right, brilliant. So uh, from a team that is in a relegation battle for, to a team that probably deserves to be in a relegation battle based on their performance at the Etihad Stadium uh, last week, Arsenal away at Brighton today. Now, I'll be straight with you. I, I am sick to death of talking about Arsenal and people asking me what I think. So I'm going to ask someone else. Sam, I'm going to ask you. You were there at the Etihad for, for City pulling Arsenal to bits. David Luiz sent off probably possibly never going to play for the club again due to his suspension and then his contract expiring um Mikel Arteta pretending there's nothing wrong with uh Meza Ozil and his relationship the now Pablo Mari's now out until the end of the season so there's issues at the back in a nutshell if you can manage a, a fairly bigish nutshell what next for Arsenal Sam oh what next I thought you were going to say <laughs> describe him. I, I was thinking shambles to be fair because you all of the you can, things, you can fit that into a nutshell yeah. in three days is, is incredible what's going to happen what's going to happen next um, I mean in terms of the season finishing in the position we don't know I, I think they'll be okay under Arteta um, again though the financial realities I don't know how much they're going to be able to to strengthen in the window and you know, there's talk of Lacazette and Aubameyang going so it doesn't paint a particularly good picture um, I wouldn't even be looking at top four top five next season to be honest I, that said, I do think they they will be okay under Arteta. I don't think it's going to fall apart. I don't think there's going to be any kind of Unai Emery, you know, inspired revolt. Um, no. Again, they've got they've got they will have a good idea of what they need to do, but you know they're not far they're not far along down that line. You know, it's still a new manager getting his ideas across to them. It might not be a particularly pretty end to the season either. And you know, if, if we see how it started in the last few days, at least with all those injuries and the Özil situation. It hasn't taken long, has it, to get back to that kind of shambolic Arsenal that we've got used to seeing. So it, that, that I wouldn't surprise me if that carried on over the next few weeks, to be honest. Uh, Pete, obviously, Sam's mentioned their top four is more than likely gone, much like a similar situation to Tottenham, given the gap. Are Arsenal in a worse position than Tottenham to even get into the Europa League? As we say, based on the injuries, based on this negativity like it it couldn't have been a worse start and I don't just mean the, the Louise sending off or the injuries the performance for, for every bit that City played well Arsenal were dreadful particularly in the second half 
Yeah, I think I think the the word is chaos. Uh, it yeah. was. It, I don't think you could have a more chaotic return than that. David Luiz obviously brings the chaos, but uh, the, the rest of it wasn't wasn't that great either. And you've you've got that the Meza Özil saga carrying on and on. Was it tactical? Is it this? Is it that? Um, and then there's, there's there's and then you've got like like Sam says you've got Lacazette. Not sure what's going to happen there. You've got Aubameyang. What's going to happen there? They need to they need to get these the, these the future of these players decided Sorted, pretty yeah. soon so that, so, so that they can concentrate on the rest of the season. I think it's very much building to... I don't think it, I don't think they're, they're thinking about what happens this season now. They're thinking ahead to next season. Arteta will be starting to... Uh, we'll just wanna, we're just going to get this season done over and over and done with so they can start to think about planning for next season, get these players tied up or not tied up or, 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 you know, or get them out the door and then they can start to, to plan because... There's very little to play for essentially now um, for Arsenal this season. Is is a is a season out of the Europa League next season? Would it be, would it be quite good? You know, would it would it give them? Um, you know, not maybe not a title challenge. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, is the answer to that question. Get a bit get a bit carried away, but will it will it give them time to regroup properly, have a proper go at the Premier League, try and get back into the top four properly? I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world if they were out of Europe next season. Um, attracting players obviously might might be tough, but. If they can keep hold of some of the some of the star players, uh, as long as they're happy, of course, um, add add to it. They've got the makings of a decent side. The defence needs a lot of work, but they've got the Arsenal have got the makings of a decent decent side. If if they if they if they do sort out these defensive issues, so yeah, I think it's very much looking forward to next season and and trying to sort out the the mess at the back. Okay, I, I'm going to strongly disagree with you on Pete. The, the idea of David Luiz running a kind of mindfulness retreat during pre-season uh, and getting players to refocus and re-energise, no, that's only going to end badly. Um, Sam, are we going to go back on what we've kind of said about Arsenal in terms of the game against Brighton today? Do you think they'll get a result or do you think Brighton could get a home win? Obviously, they've beaten them earlier this season and, and moved themselves a bit further away from the relegation zone. Brighton are a bit like Norwich in the sense that they know what they want to do and they've got some good players, but it's not always there. And I'm, I'm not really sure how this break is going to suit them. Uh, and again, Brighton-Arsenal is one of those where, you know, with fans in the stadium, and again, if Arsenal have already kind of lurched back into this kind of chaos territory with everything that's going on around them, crisis territory, I wouldn't be surprised if Brighton were to do it. But without that, you know, the fan element of it, and it's just a game between the... You know, it's 22 blokes in a ball that's what it boils down to I'd, I'm more inclined to go with Arsenal just about um, just because they have got a lot of quality and let's be honest if I'm, I'm basically basing a lot of the, these ideas about you know well coached players well coached quality players having the edge it's just that's because it, you know I watched City play Arsenal the other day and just the way that City were picking through Arsenal even before the David Luiz mistakes it just makes me think that teams like that you know Leicester, Liverpool they will obviously be even more better off at the moment and yeah if you're losing the home advantage if you're playing against an Arsenal team with plenty of plenty of good players still um, players who can score goals um, I, I just think that is going to make the difference to be honest so although it's not a great situation for Arsenal overall and there's a lot of work to be done if we're talking about next season um, I, I'd probably give them the edge over Brighton today yeah Pete, do you do you regret your nasty comments about Arsenal? Are you going to give them three points? <laughs> I I stand by everything I say, folks, you know that. Um, but I, I agree with Sam on this occasion. I, th- I think it's a it's a it's a perfect game for 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 Arsenal after 
after the Etihad. They can go and, and without the fan element, they can express themselves on a, lo- on a lovely playing surface and, and play a bit of football. And, and uh, yeah, they might concede the, the goal or two, but I think they'll, they'll outscore Brighton and, um, and, and get the victory. OK, uh, moving on, West Ham against Wolves. Now, we've talked about United, we've talked about Chelsea battling for top four. One team that's kind of been left on the edge of that conversation is Wolves. And when you look at the numbers, that's quite unfair. Five points behind fourth place Chelsea, eight games to go. They've not got any injuries to key players. Jimenez has got as many goals as Tammy Abraham this season. He's, he's won behind Rashford. Traore has got more assists than any United or Chelsea player with, with seven. And obviously we've all kind of raved about him this season and what he could potentially, well, I don't want to say grow into because I think if he grows anymore, I think we could all be doomed. Um, Pete, are they being left out of this? And, and will Nuno Santo appreciate being maybe left out of the spotlight and just let them concentrate on winning football matches? Well, they're left out of it, out of it because they're not they're not sort of the most glamorous team to talk about. Either. If you if you if you're talking in the top four, you talk you talk the United, you talk the Arsenal's, you talk the Tottenham's. But I I, I think that they're more than happy to sort of work in, keep working in the shadows, and they should be they should be in the conversation. And um, typical Fergal, you know, used to watching Arsenal talking about all the attacking. He's not talked about the defensive record that they've got recently, as well. And before before coronavirus, he, um, they were unbeaten in five games, but they kept a clean sheet in four of the five. They'd struggled to keep clean sheets before that, one in 24 league games before that. And so they're getting the defensive record right at the right time. And that could be key. Um, in, in games like, I, I, Sam alluded to it in the fact that without the home, without the home advantage, you can, you can go away to uh, teams now without... And West Ham can be such a toxic place to play. It might actually work in West Ham's benefit than being <laughs> no fans there. But you can, you can. It's an even playing field now. More even playing field now. So if 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 Wolves continue with the formula that they've worked, that they've that they've been working towards um, a few months ago, and new, given time on the training ground, Nuno can can work wonders. They're in a really good position, and the running's pretty good as well. So they, they should be in they should be in the uh, in the conversation. But I, they'll be glad that they're not, and then they're happy to continue that way. Sam, would you go along with that? This this idea that based on the games they've got, they're in the conversation. But considering the fact that Europa League, and, and I mean this with the best intentions, Europa League qualification last season was not expected for them. You know, coming straight up and, and getting straight into Premier League action. Do you think that next step up the ladder is is within their reach, or do you think it might just be a little bit too much too soon? Well, I mean, normally if you get a team that comes up and does especially well and finishes really high up, and then if when they get into the Europa League and you've got the extra games, it normally kills them. So the fact that they are where they are is fantastic. And yeah, looking at their fixtures: West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, and then yeah, Arsenal, Sheffield United, and Everton. But certainly those three, that could really that could really put them put them in there my doubt with Wolves has always been as it was last year just that consistency like they can get away with the odd defeat here and there and it doesn't matter because you don't notice it because it's Wolves you know if Man United lose to Huddersfield everyone's talking about it because it's a disaster Man United can't lose same with Chelsea Wolves lost twice to Huddersfield last year for example and it was like well okay that that can happen they've only just come up and that's kind of what I feel about them now I do think they will be very close to to fifth certainly but it's just that it's just a doubt about consistency now if they can turn that around because they're a very well coached team and they've got three very winnable games in the next couple of weeks that 
they might be able to turn that around. Um, but no, I don't. Th I don't think it's too much too soon, really. If, if they've if they followed up um, Europa League qualification by being in those places again for second season, that's you know that's where they belong. It's not a fluke. Yeah. And if they were to push into the, the Champions League, okay, maybe it's been aided by the fact of this break, and maybe they'll have responded to it better than Chelsea or Man United or Sheffield United or whoever it is. But I don't think I don't think it will be too soon. I think it will be earned, and I think they'd probably deal with it quite well next season. Uh, in terms of the game at West Ham today. Pete, we'll fire over to you on this. Jim's not going to thank me for using this word, but away at a drifting West Ham. Uh, do you see this being a Wolves win? I do. I, I, um, I, I think. I think West Ham. Like I said before, I think they'll actually wouldn't mind the the being in an empty stadium. Um, but I, th I think Wolves will feel like they want to make a statement, and they can um, with Sheffield United drawing and Man United drawing I think there's a real opportunity for them to, to steal a march so I think they'll be really determined to get the get the victory here and I think they'll I think they'll snatch it uh, Sam would you agree three points for Santo yeah that's a short answer the long answer is West Ham might be you know they'd probably benefit from a bit of a break and a few extra weeks on the training ground um, <coughs> Moyes might coach them into a bit more of a difficult unit to break down but I'd think that when they come up against Wolves teams again with a good idea of how they're going to play and, the, and good players to carry it out um, I'd just about favour Wolves but closer to a draw than anything to be honest Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, moving on to the last game, we're going match of the day style, saving the best until last. Bournemouth are home to Crystal Palace. Now, uh, during the planning for this show, you won't believe me, but the two lads were like two dogs fighting over a bone to talk about this game. They, they were so excited. Uh, Pete in his position as Eddie Howe's agent and uh, Sam just because he, he loves mid-table football. <laughs> um well, given the way Pete talks about Howe and, and, his, and his contract negotiations, he might be able to sort him a move to Liverpool, but we'll, we'll watch that space. Bournemouth are right in the middle of a, a relegation battle. Uh, they're only outside the bottom three on goal difference. Big story coming out of Bournemouth this week is that Ryan Fraser, not only is not renewing his contract, that he won't actually play for them again this season. Um, and last season and, and intermittently in this season, his relationship with Callum Wilson and Josh King when he's been fit has been absolutely massive. Uh, Sam, do you know what? I'm going to go to you first on this. You let let Pete wind up so you can talk about Eddie Howe. Is this a bridge too far for for Bournemouth? Fraser's so important for them. Callum Wilson hasn't really clicked into gear. King, as I say, has had a lot of injury issues. Are we, are we seeing the, the kind of final exit of, of Bournemouth? I don't know. I think this is proper fortune teller territory because they had fallen apart. They had yeah. fallen apart. And again, if the season had finished how it did, how it was supposed to, sorry... Probably, I don't know, there was definitely a good chance of them going down because it, it did look like the wheels would come off. And it was like Watford would be more capable of picking up the odd win here and there uh, rather than Bournemouth. Um, but now with this break, we just don't know how they're going to react because they've got decent players. They had terrible injuries as well. And I know that will be aided. Um, Fraser's obviously a big loss. Bournemouth fans will obviously know that situation with the contract's been bubbling along for ages. You know, they were, I think they even put out a statement at the start of the season about it. About and how controversial it was, um, but because it's little old Bournemouth, nobody was that bothered. But obviously, it's been bubbling away for a while, so he'll be a loss. But they'll have other players back. It, it's just we just don't know how they're going to react. They may be galvanised, you know, the the kind of doom and gloom that can set in when you're basically losing every week. Um, that may well have that may well have cleared, and we know Bournemouth back in previous seasons they could go through awful spells of not winning and, and then they'd pick themselves up and be okay again in the blink of an eye now they haven't had a blink of an eye they've had a good sleep so they may <laughs> they may be alright but I just I just don't think 
certainly from my point of view, I obviously don't keep that close an eye on Bournemouth as I do with City and maybe some other clubs. Um, but I just don't think anybody knows how they're going to react because there was no real reason other than injuries and a bit of tactical inflexibility or just limitedness from Eddie Howe that why they were down there. But they they might be okay, but I really, really, I couldn't tell you which way it's going to go for them. Pete, obviously you couldn't really have a more ideal game for Bournemouth at home to a Palace side with, with nothing left to play for. They're a point away from that magic 40-point mark. This is massive, considering, you know, you mentioned before about Watford and home games. Bournemouth have got Newcastle, Tottenham, Leicester and Southampton at home. So home games are much more weighted in their favour when you think of the running and the fact that everyone else is kind of split between 50-50 of home and away games. They've got an advantage. They've got um, five home games to come. Is that enough to keep them up? I, I think it could be. I mean, it's a big 10 days for them. Um, Palace is, an, you're right, it's an absolutely ideal first game. And like Sam said before, normally it's sort, of, it's sort of a free hit the first game back, find your feet, but Bournemouth can't afford to do that. Um, this is such a key game straight away. Um, but then they go to Wolves next, but then they've got Newcastle at home. So if you can get two wins out of those three, that can really, really, really boost... Uh, the survival hopes and 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 as Sam also said, talking about the players they're getting back, I think David Brooks is, can make a, a huge difference to them. I think outside of the top sort of seven, he's probably one of the best players in the Premier League, and he can make a, a huge difference to them at a, at a time when they need a, they need inspiration from somewhere. After the, the the Ryan Fraser episode, I think they've handled that quite well and, and sort of got the message out pretty quickly and said, right, we're moving on. Um, he's 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 moving on, and we and we're gonna we're gonna carry on fighting to stay in the in the Premier League. It's gonna be touch and go. It is, it, it's 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 these this these next ten days, uh, they need six points really. Um, anything anything else um, with sort you know with a trip to Old Trafford and then in Tottenham after that, is they, they they have to get the points quickly. So you're going for a win in this one for Bournemouth? Yeah, yeah, like you said. I mean, Palace had absolutely nothing to play for. But Bournemouth, really, I, home advantage is obviously not the same now, but but it's a very tight ground um, down at Bournemouth, and that you know, it will still give them some advantage to you know to play at home. So then, and they have to win. They'll be they'll have been looking they'll have been relishing this for a long, long time, um, chomping at the bit to get back out there. So yeah, I think so. Home win. Sam, would you? go with that obviously as you said Palace uh, for all intents and purposes safe and they, they, you know, they look to be kind of just tipping along to the end of the season Bournemouth have, have still definitely got something to play for yeah but Palace Palace always seems to play the, the same way regardless of the situation um, I don't know who's going to win but I think it's going to be 1-0 to someone yeah, <laughs> okay. Palace, won, Palace won their last three games 1-0 yeah. they lost they lost three before that not 1-0 um, but you just always know what you're going to get from Palace in they're either going to... I think it'll be a very close game. They might get a chance. You know, like Jordan Ayew might score from the edge of the box again and that'll be enough. Or they might not take their chances and, that, and it'll just go the other way. I think this is a real toss for coin kind of thing. I mean, I might be wrong and it might be 3-0 to one of them, but I could just... Palace, Palace are Palace and I think they're just going to go go about their business as usual, to be honest. They'll be difficult to break down. They may score on the break or they may score from a set piece or something, but I don't think, I don't think there'll be too many goals unless, like I say, Bournemouth come back um, looking completely fresh. And uh, Pete, if Howe does keep Bournemouth up, what sort of a deal are you going to be negotiating for him? Are we going to be looking Barcelona, Real Madrid, or is he going to wait and hang on, see if Guardiola stays at City? Who, who, who are you in talks with? 
Well, I'm going to I'm going to speak to the Buckingham Palace and see about the New Year's honours list. I think that's 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 definitely next on the agenda. And then, well, the world is their oyster. I mean, is, is Zidane safe at Real Madrid? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll give them a call. Well, not while Eddie's about. And, and you know, I think nice guys recognise nice guys. The nice guy of the Premier League and, and the nice guy of the Football Social Daily podcast, Peter, Peter Hall. Well, well, I, I'll speak and see if I can get you on the honours list, Pete. Uh, before we go, sticking with Manchester City slightly, um, Sam, big news yesterday that Pep Guardiola has said Leroy Sane won't be extending his contract at the club. He's been quite frank about this and said that they've made a number of offers and the player has declined. He's still got 12 months left to run. How does this pan out? You obviously were part of the press conference yesterday. Do City look to sell him now? Obviously, there's constant links with Bayern Munich or is this a case of they need him for next season based on the fact that they might not be able to splash too much cash this summer? No, I think, I think it was ob- well. It was it was obvious that he was going to leave to a lot of people, and a lot of City fans, you know, knew or at least feared it. Uh, the fact that Guardiola said it now obviously kind of draws a line in the sand now, and everyone knows where they stand. Um, no, City do want to sell him now, and obviously it's interesting the timing of it. Maybe Guardiola's thinking, well, I'm not going to play this guy because he wants to leave, so stop asking me about it, and now you know why. Um, but. I, I, we did, a, we did an article this morning on The Athletic about the reasons why he's leaving. And I spoke to um, Rafa Honigstein about it for that. And as much as it looks like you know, City do want to sell him this summer, he said Bayern have got form for making a quite like, derisory bid for a player who's got a year left on his contract. Obviously, it won't be accepted, but they'll just tell the player, well, look, if you, if you stay where you are for another year, we can give you, I don't know, 20 million euros in a signing on fee. And then they get him for free, and they may be able to use that money for somebody like Kai Havertz instead. <clears throat> so it's just when you think this, the saga, it wasn't much of a saga at all, basically, yeah. for the year or so he's been going to Bayern. But just when you thought that saga was over, Bayern may try that. They may try and either get him on the cheap now or wait for a year. But no, City do want to sell him, and I think that would certainly help them because FFP's being relaxed, but basically, whatever you spend this year, will be put on an average with, with next year. So you can't go and spend... like Any team in the world couldn't go and spend 400 million and just forget about it because they'll, they'll have to bring in like 300 million in sales the next year. So City can't go mad, um, but they do want to bring in some players and part of that will be selling Sane and a couple of others and maybe offloading some youngsters for anywhere between you know 5 and 15 million to make that back. But yeah, they, I think they want a clean break now. They want to get Sane out and they want to replace him and move on. Okay, fair enough. You know, just when you think you're out, Sane pulls you back in. Thanks very much, guys. Much appreciated. Uh, It's been great to be back in action on the Football Social Daily podcast. Don't forget, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are back to seven days a week, every day, a daily podcast on all things Premier League. You can keep right up to date to everything that's going on. Just ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social. Don't forget to hit subscribe on this podcast and you'll have a fresh new episode for you tomorrow morning. Thanks to Pete. Thanks to Sam for joining me. Thank you. And we'll speak to you again very, very soon. Thanks very much. Football Social Daily with German Donner Kebab. Fancy something different for tea? Get takeaway delivery now via Deliveroo and Uber Eats. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.